every time we're having a love relationship with someone, whether it's a monogamous one, a polyamorous one, whatever, we are having a relationship with ourselves through that other person. That's why all of our wounds come up because that relationship is a healing thing. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Welcome back to the Mind Valley podcast. Today's guest is Oprah's go to relationship expert, a teacher, a healer, a researcher, a speaker for over 30 years. Dr. Laura Berman has devoted her career to helping people learn to love and love better. So relationships are a really interesting thing. There are so many different types of relationships out there, so many different things that we want out of relationships, and it seems to constantly change. We go in and out of relationships. The average American will be in three major relationships in their lifetime, yet there is still so much stress and confusion and strife around relationships. How do we do it well? I guess a big part of this is because when we go into relationships, we carry so much baggage with us, baggage from cultural conditioning, from parents, from the society we grew up in. So Laura Berman is here to help us make sense of relationships, to help us understand what we truly want. And we all want different things. And how, when we understand our relationship needs, we can show up as our best selves in relationships, we can identify the relationships to go into, and we can even heal relationships where maybe a bit of that spark has gone out. So Dr. Berman has been on shows like Dr. Oz, The Doctors, Rachel Ray Show, Today, Good Morning America. She's hosted and starred in several television shows about love and relationships on the Oprah Network, Showtime, and Discovery Health. She's a New York Times bestselling author. Her most recent book is called Quantum Love. Use your body's atomic energy to create the relationship you desire. And this is going to be such an interesting topic. She's an award-winning radio host who now discusses love, sex, relationships from the mind, body, and soul perspective. And her podcast is called The Language of Love. So first off, I want to make sure that you know where to find Laura, because I want you to look into her work. Her website is Dr. D-R-L-A-U-R-A-B-E-R-M-A-N.com. So that's Dr. Laura Berman. And again, Dr. is spelled D-R, Laura, L-A-U-R-A, Berman, B-E-R-M-A-N. And on the website, there's a really, really, really interesting quiz. I just did that to identify the my dominant feelings towards love and relationships. And I I want you to try it out as well, because it's really cool. So Dr. Laura Berman, welcome to the Mind Valley podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be with you. So so firstly, Laura, how did you get in this field? (laughs) Uh, Probably, you know, those who can't do teach probably. No, Uh, I'm in a very happy marriage of almost, well, we'll be hitting our 20th anniversary in a few months. Um, But I grew up in a beautiful family, which was really wonderful in many ways, but really dysfunctional when it came to uh, relationships. And from a very early age, really, I was conceived to be my mother's caretaker. My dad was going to Vietnam and she didn't, she wanted a little cuddle puss to have with her. So she got, they got pregnant with me before he left. And I was their therapist from the time I could talk. And, it, and I think it was cultivated in me really early. And so I, I, you know, I think it was out of a wound that I became like most therapists, <laughs> that I became a therapist. Um, but it's also something, you know, I'm halfway joking, but really serious when I say this, you know, and this is true for all of us, right? We, you know, about outliers and how much time you invest in things. And this is a, a sort of perspective I've had since I was a very little girl about understanding relationships and analyzing them and seeing the dynamics of them. And I'm not good at many, many, most things I'm not great at. But relationships and, and, and couples therapy and understanding relationships, I am amazing. I just like it's just a gift that, that I think got cultivated really early, which is, you know, the truth for all of us. Our greatest gifts come out of our greatest wounds. And that's definitely true for me. So tell me about quantum love. Firstly, I love that name. But mm. what exactly is quantum love? 
Oh, it's so fascinating to me because as a therapist of almost 30 years, who's worked ton, you know, the majority of my work is with couples. Most couples therapists will agree with me that it's really tough to get both partners in the room, you know, mm -hmm. and it's hard to do couples therapy if one of you doesn't want to. And quantum love is really a process for me as a clinician that I don't need the other person. And for us as individuals, when you change the things inside yourself and the way you operate and your energetic frequency, and I'll talk about that in a second, everything changes, including your partner. So what this was founded on was really my own journey. And I talk about this a lot in the book I had my whole life, you know, fell apart. My mother died pretty suddenly of breast cancer. And then I, a very young at the time, you know, 40 year old, healthy woman within a year had breast cancer in the mm -hmm. same breast she had with no risk factors, no genetic factors. And I had to really, and my whole family, my kids started falling apart. One was suicidal. One was, you know, having panic attacks, just everything was falling apart. And my usual strategies for fixing, managing, and controlling things when they got out of hand just were not working. And so it was really out of desperation combined with me having to stop my life in order to go through treatment that I really stumbled upon. Um, what ultimately became quantum love. And it's really the science behind the law of attraction. Because, you know, if I, if you were, if someone were to write on a vision board or a piece of paper, you know, my perfect partner, you know, I'm going to call love into my life and he or she is going to have these qualities in this situation. You can do all of that. But if your energetic frequency, because we are all pure energy that is constantly shifting and changing and matching, ironically, everyone else around us, unless you get really clear with that energetic frequency and can hold that in the presence of others, whether it's your current partner and also calling a partner into you because it's your frequency that calls your experiences into, you, into your life. Unless you can hold that, you're like a ping pong ball all over the place. And that's really what most of us are doing. We're all what we call in what they call in quantum physics in training to one another, matching one another's energetic frequencies at all time. In fact, all of us wouldn't be here together right now if we weren't somehow right. vibrating in a harmonic frequency. But what usually happens, certainly in our in our love relationships that we're currently in, is that we match our partner's frequency unconsciously, but we don't hold our own. And that was certainly true for me as a recovering codependent. Now I wasn't at the time. Um, if you, you know, so so once you get really clear on how you want to feel in love, and you start to cultivate that feeling inside yourself and inhabit that feeling, that actually moves your body into the energetic frequency of that feeling that you most desire. And several things happen as a result. One, you become a magnet for other people and experiences who also match that feeling because our body's frequency is always set by our feelings. That's the secret behind mm -hmm. the secret. And so not only do you attract in people and experiences that match that feeling, but you attract in partners that vibrate at that same frequency. Oh. So let's let's dissect that a bit. So so I, I I get I get what you're saying, and it reminds me a lot of what I'm studying right now. I'm currently doing Neil Donald Walsh's program on Mind Valley, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know Neil Donald Walsh. He wrote the book Conversations with God, and uh, Neil has a interesting analogy to talk about how we are all connected. He says unity. The idea of he says separation is the illusion. Unity is the highest value of all advanced civilizations, all advanced beings. And he says, look, the air in this room and the air in the room outside is really the same air. Yes. Right? If you open the door, that, that air is connected. It's really the same air. And that is how our energy fields are connected to other people. And so our thoughts, our emotions directly influence other people. So I really love that analogy. My question to you is this. You said something earlier that we often match the energetic vibration of our partner. Is this always true? Or is this just that the more the weaker person matches the energetic vibration. It's not so much the weaker person, although, you know, immediately we all go, myself included, to judgment, you know, when we're, when we're matching someone else's, that must right. be we're weak and we're not holding our own. It's really our, our training and, and our unconscious training through our childhood because we're all born pure high frequency. And it gets very subtly and sometimes overtly conditioned out of us. And some of us, like myself and millions of others, in order to survive our family, we had to 
match their frequency. We couldn't hold our own because we would, you know, if we were too joyful when our mother was depressed, we would get rejected. We would get pushed away, right? So we mm. learn even behaviorally to match the energy of others. I see. So it's, it's almost like we are trained. We are trained yes. from our parents to match that energy. Okay. So your book is called Quantum Love. Use your body's atomic energy to create the relationship you desire. So I get that. I get that, that we vibe together. But how do we use that vibe to attract the relationship we desire? Well, that, that's what's so cool, because this is where like what I think of it as the secret behind the secret or the law of attraction, mm-hmm. right? Someone writes himself a check for a million dollars and it doesn't show up. Why? Because they are not matching the energetic frequency of he, she, or they who has a million dollars. So what happens in love is if you can get everything we want in life, including in love, is because we want to feel a certain way, right? You want that fancy car because of how you'll feel driving it. You want that job because of how you'll feel doing that work. You want that kind of relationship or that partner because of how you'll feel. If we get ahead of that and get clear on how we want to feel, this is what's cool. The body and the brain don't know the difference between reality and rehearsal. So as you move in your imagination and you move your body into that energetic frequency of the person who is already living from that feeling, then you are actually now a vibrational match in harmony with all other things, people and circumstances that vibrate in that same frequency. So the more time you can spend in those feelings that you most desire, even if it has nothing to do with being with another partner. You know, I want to feel playful in love. So when I walk by a playground, I'm going to jump on the swings or I'm going to have a silly dance party by myself in the house, right? It doesn't have to be with anyone else. But as you are cultivating that feeling inside yourself and committing to that feeling that you most want to feel and meditating on that feeling and even using your imagination, which is one of the secrets of quantum love, as if you're there in first person right here, right now, that, uh, that literally moves your body into the energetic frequency of that feeling that we most want to have. And I usually work with two to three feelings at a time. And then everyone and everything just automatically falls in line. That's what the secret is. And so what was so cool for me, like in my relationship with my husband, who one of the reasons I fell in love with him and one of the banes of my existence is that I can't win an argument with him. He's so freaking smart. And I was used to kind of running circles around my partners, you know, and convincing them by the end of the argument that, that they were wrong and I wasn't. But it would also be frustrating because he's really smart and has a trap for, you know, a steel trap for a mind. And what I realized is when I would just not say a word and just move my body into the energy of that, which I wanted him, how I wanted him to show up, how I would feel or how I want this conversation to go, how I would feel if it went perfectly. And I didn't even have to have thoughts about it. This guy who could argue in the Supreme Court would, if he wanted to, would lose his train of thought and would just get really soft and would immediately match me. And it was fascinating to me. You know, he's like my guinea pig at first. It was fascinating to me to see how this worked. And then as I started to teach it to thousands, you know, and hundreds of thousands of others, it became really clear that there was something there. So it really is like a Jedi mind trick for your relationship. I, I love that idea. So so would you be able to take us through and teach us yeah. that technique if we wanted to try it today to try to influence a partner? That would be fun. Ah, absolutely. Let's think of a, well, I know you're not currently in a relationship, but it would be oh, great okay. to have an example. So, right. uh, I mean, I can do it without an example, but if, no, but let's if, do it, let's do it, let's do it without an example. Okay. So let's uh, say that um, you really, you're you want your partner to show up um, more romantically in the relationship. They've kind of been checked out. They haven't really been invested in cultivating that connection with you. In the logistical field, you would be complaining or asking for what you want, or, you know, maybe that's all can be helpful, not the complaining part, but asking for what you want. But when you can, and I have this on the website, so people can find these meditations on the quantum love page. The first thing is to ground your energy into the earth, right? And so that you're sort of taking deep breaths. You want me to take you through the whole process? 
Yes. So Correct. here's what we'll do. I'm not even going to use an example. I'm yeah. just going to take you through the process so you can do okay. it for yourself. Okay. So the first thing is to ground your body's energy. Otherwise, and this I love to do okay. a million times a day because you're, you're getting back into your body as you do this. So you just, if you take three or four deep breaths and as you breathe in, imagine light, any color that comes to you, it's always instructive. As you breathe in, the light fills your body, is flowing through your entire body, every cell. And as you breathe out, it shoots out your tailbone deep, deep, deep into the center of the earth, making roots there. So you're taking a really deep breath in. The light is flowing in through the top of your head, down your body. And then as you breathe out, it shoots out your tailbone deep into the earth. So take one more breath like that, and you'll often feel as you do this, a settling, a grounding. And if you really want to be connected, and this is something that I've really been practicing a lot in the past couple of years, as you breathe out, so take that next breath in, and as you breathe out, open your Kegel muscles, those muscles that kind of stop the flow of urine for men and for women, open those really wide and blow out really hard. So to make those roots, so you're going, you're breathing in and then open it really, really wide and then let it rest gently closed. Because most of us are walking around tight, fast, but when you're really, when you're really open there, you're connected. Okay, so hopefully you're feeling a little settling here and a grounding. And this is great to do many, many times a day. Now, from this place, I want you to think of just off the top of your head, the one word to describe how you would most love to feel in love, connected, playful, safe, adventurous, passionate, cherished. Silly, just one word. There's no, you can practice this with lots of words. This is just for now. So don't overthink it. And if you can't think of a feeling right now, one of my favorite things to do is just to imagine, you know, just this idea of feeling pure, unadulterated, unabandoned, uninhibited, unconditional love. So in your mind's eye, this is the important part because your body doesn't know the difference between reality and rehearsal. I want you to imagine a time it can be completely made up or it can be an actual situation where you felt that feeling. Okay. And here's the key. You are in that scene as if it's happening right here, right now. So you aren't watching yourself in the scene. You are in the scene. So if you are imagining that you want romance, right, and maybe you're imagining a real or imagined scene, a made up scene in your mind, you're not watching yourself there. You are employing all your senses in first person. So you can look down and see your hands and your feet. You can see, you can imagine what it tastes like, what it feels like, what it smells like, as many of your senses as you can employ as if it's happening in this now moment right here, right now. And if, like I said, there isn't a specific feeling, just think of a time in your life and put yourself there in first person where you felt that pure, beautiful love. Maybe when you kissed your beloved for the first time or held your baby for the first time, but you're looking down and seeing the baby in your arms. You aren't watching yourself with the baby in your arms or whatever that is. So just be in that scene for a moment as if it's happening right here, right now. And notice what sensations you feel in your body. You'll often feel like a bubbling in your chest, a spreading in your chest, a relaxing in your hips, an opening in the back of, in your back, you know, near your shoulder blades, softening in your throat. Just notice the sensations because this is a grounding point for an energetic frequency that you really are longing for and want to live from. And so this in and of itself, if you were to do this, what we're doing now as a daily practice and get really, really clear how that energetic frequency of that feeling in love you most want to create feels in your body, then something really beautiful starts to happen because this is, you can start to move your body into this frequency without thought. Right. So as you bathe in the energy of that, which you most desire, which is what you're literally doing right now, 
you are putting out a request to the universe to create more of this. And if you can hold this frequency, not that you have to sit here with your eyes closed 24 seven, but if you can momentarily throughout the day, tune back into this and, and, and try to seek opportunities to feel more of this, to cultivate more of this in your life, 51% of the time, your entire world will change and amazing miracles start to happen. So when you're ready and you've sort of grounded, we're going to ask just to sort of ground that feeling inside you. And you can continue to practice that you're holding that frequency, right? And then you can gently open your eyes. Now, what starts to happen is you walk out of the room, you walk away from this podcast, you go into the kitchen or wherever you're going, and you immediately are hit with a grumpy partner or a difficult boss or something else. And you immediately fall out of that frequency, right? So the goal is to constantly be coming back to that. I love that. As I mentioned earlier, I've been studying Neil Donald Walsh as well. Mm-hmm. And I like to just draw correlations between the wisdom I hear yeah. from different, different brilliant minds. And, and Neil prescribed an exercise to us in a Mind Valley program, which I'm currently doing, which reminds mm-hmm. me of what you're doing. He asks you to take a grid. So I'm using it on a Google sheet and you divide it into the seven days of the week, Monday to Sunday. Then you divide it into morning and then afternoon and then evening. Mm-hmm. And you decide your frequency your emotional frequency or your vibe for each hour of every day. Mm. So for example, uh, today, I want it to be in bliss in the morning. I want it to feel love during the afternoon. I want it to be connected because I'm spending the evening with my kids. I want it to feel connected to my kids. And but every, every segment of the day, so I divide my day into these three segments, I set the frequency. And do you take, that's beautiful. Do you take, and how do you set that? Because this is the important part. You set the intention, right? But it's not enough to set the intention that it's a big part of it. Yes. yes, which is why I like what you're saying. So it's not enough to set the intention. So you're setting it through this this exercise that you just took as true. You're allowing your body. Your body is the bridge between right. you and your soul. So right? I love that. I love that because you just got me the mechanism to take what Neil Donald Walsh is saying yes. and make it even even more practical. But could you repeat if you could just break it down into steps? Because I think our yes. audience will really love this. Yes. So you ground, first okay, of you all, ground. you, you, and maybe even, you know, if you're doing this as a meditation ground all day long, in the beginning, I had sticky notes all over my house, just saying ground, because I spent so much time out of my body, you know, especially if you have right. trauma in your history, you're up in the clouds, right? So you have to be in your body to do this. So ground, mm-hmm. and then, and then you have a feeling that you most want to create you move in your imagination in first person as if it's happening right here, right now into a scene, real or imagined where you feel that feeling. And so for you, let's say you want to feel deep connection to your kids tonight when you see them, right? So maybe there's a time in your life or a situation, you know, I did this. I remember a situation where I did this with my kids. I was feeling like they were all over the place and I really wanted to go skiing with them because skiing was such a bonding thing. And we weren't going skiing, but I just imagined all of us sitting around having hot chocolate, all kind of cold, but also sweaty and laughing and play. And I used that in my mind And I move myself into that frequency as if it was happening right here, right now. And then I go into the room with them because this is the cool part. This is the cool part. And what makes it so much easier with the people who were really close to really close friends. You see yourself in the first person in that moment, that moment past or imaginary where you're connected to your kids. But what did you mean by then you go into the room with them? That's what. Well, so before you see your kids, right? Got it. You're going to do this meditation before you you leave. And then, yes. But then what was that part about breathing and um, an opening? Yeah. Okay. Pulling light in, you're pulling energy in and you're grounding yourself into the center of the earth. And one of the things that I found with that deep, I call it kind of the yoni breath or for guys, it would be the bony breath. (laughs) But when you open those Kegels really wide, when you blow out really hard and you open it really wide and let it rest gently open, that really seems to cultivate psychic awareness because most of us are really closed off to the earth. And when you do that opening thing and then just let it rest gently open, you'll realize how tightly you've been holding everything. And it allows you to be more deeply grounded and open hearted as you walk through your day. So that was just a little side benefit of of when I said open really wide and blow out really hard, because that's a really beautiful way not only to ground, but to open your receptors 
That's beautiful. Okay, so now I want to go to another. So that was a really powerful exercise. And again, guys, the book is called Quantum Love. So if you're digging this right now, go check out the book. It's available on Amazon. Now, Laura, I'm also fascinated by this. In the book, you also say, learn how to have quantum sex, which is every bit as good as it sounds. So let's get juicy now. <laughs> you've, you've kind of given I a hint of what quantum love is. What is quantum sex? Oh my God, it's amazing. I mean, look, sex we is- get, We I expect it to be amazing. Yeah. Sex is an energy exchange. Right. That's what it fundamentally is. And the, yes. and the more in your body you are, the more you're inhabiting your body. Most of us are thinking about other things, even if we're just thinking about how we look or how we're performing, we aren't fully present. But for most of us, sexual sensation and sexual energy is really- localized to the genitals. You know, we feel it more in our groin and, you know, and in our emotional centers, but physically we feel it more in our groin. Um, And so what, what quantum sex teaches you to do is, you know, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. I'm just like curating and cultivating the exercises from Tantra and from uh, the Kama Sutra and from Taoism, but also adding my own spin to it from, cause I'm a sex therapist as well as a couples therapist. So just from the hundreds of couples who I've worked with and, and tried these techniques with, but basically you're not, the sensation is not just localized to your genitals. You're learning to pull it up mm-hmm. through all of your chakras and to start circling it. So you can circle that energy inside yourself and pull it up and circle it, you know, from heart to root, you know, around your body. You can also have that mind blowing seven chakra orgasm and really cool. You can circle it around with your partner in all sorts of beautiful ways. And, you know, I always joke, my husband is, you know, I jokingly call him senior root chakra because he's so (laughs) grounded. And so, you know, but I'm I, the way that I really discovered this, because I had to practice it to figure it out was I would try these techniques with him, but I wouldn't tell him beforehand what I was doing energetically. And he would always notice and feel something different or experience something different. And so he was sort of my guinea pig in the beginning before I started teaching other couples how to do this. But basically, you are um, learning to pull that sensation because the sensation you feel in your genitals is a vibration, is a physical energy. And so you're pulling that up and you, and it's also the highest frequency energy, especially orgasm. And this is one of the things I talk about in quantum love, the lowest frequency energy and what's going to create a lot less of what you want in life. Shame is the lowest and then guilt, shame and guilt are the lowest frequency. Then you have bliss and joy way up here on the other end of the scale. And when you're having an orgasm, it is the highest frequency state your body can get into. So that's really where what we think of as sex magic comes from. Mm-hmm. So it's, an, it's a beautiful manifesting energy. If you set an intention of something you want to manifest before sex, either with your partner or alone or through self-stimulation, and you are even whether you're pulling that energy through your body or not with orgasm, you're giving it a huge push out into the quantum field. Okay, now I'm just going to go and add your book to cart right now. <laughs> add to cart, done. I bought it on Kindle and paperback. Okay, so <laughs> so because what could be better than that? Orgasms and manifesting, right? Yeah. So next question, sex magic. Yes. What, how, so I've, I've heard different approaches to it. Tell me how you describe sex magic. So you well, describe quantum sex as energetic sex. Yes. But, but then you said you mentioned sex magic and you mentioned manifesting. Teach us that trick. What I mean by that is that when you are in your highest states of okay. sexual arousal and orgasm, you, your body is in its most blissful state. I mean, anyone who's had an orgasm, you know, can tell you it's a pretty freaking bl- blissful, right? It's, it's like a, it's like a freight train of energy coming through you. And so if before, even before you start to have sex, if you have a really beautiful conscious relationship and the two of you can discuss this, honey, let's have a sexual exchange and let's manifest a new house for ourselves. You know, you can do it together, right? Right. But you don't have to, you can just do it inside yourself. You can do it through self-stimulation, but you set an intention before you get distracted into the sexual scenario. <laughs> I'm, I'm just picturing, I'm just picturing a guy, a guy making love to his wife going red Ferrari, red Ferrari. Yeah, red Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
right. Well, it's helpful if you both want the same thing, if you're going to do it openly, right? And before you have sex or that sexual self-stimulation or whatever you're doing, you are saying, you know, my intention is to, is to cultivate and promote the frequency of not just the red Ferrari. Remember what I said, it's the feeling you're going to have driving the red Ferrari, right? So if you have the red Ferrari, what are you going to feel powerful? Right. You go straight, you go straight for the vibe, straight for the straight for the feeling. And and you envision, you say, I'm going to be driving this Ferrari and I'm going to feel on top of the world and powerful and speedy and free. Okay. Explain, explain this difference to me. Quantum sex, tantric sex, and Kundalini awakening. What's the difference? (laughs) Well, tantric sex is a form uh, that can cultivate kundalini awakening. Um, kundalini is sort of, you know, it's described as this so, this energy, this huge energy source. It's made, so, you know, it's it's an image of a snake because it kind of uh, coils through us. But for most of us, it's resting and stagnant down in our groin and our root. Right. And so a lot of the kundalini yoga and kundalini exercises are about pulling that up and opening that up and opening the channels and stretching that snake out. Right. And so um, that is a form kundalini awakening often happens as you start to practice this techniques, or it can happen through kundalini yoga and meditation yeah. and all the other beautiful kundalini techniques. That is one way of uh, cultivating that sexual energy. Kundalini energy is one approach to understanding sexual energy. Um, and Tantra is so many gorgeous techniques in Tantra that are ancient, obviously, as well as in Taoism um, and in the Kama Sutra uh, that they were naturally understanding. They weren't talking about quantum physics, obviously they weren't using those words, but it's all about sharing and circling and exchanging energy. If you, if you look at those positions and techniques, they are all about that. So these are all schools of thought that are different flavors of ice cream for, uh, and I like to play with all of them for um, cultivating an understanding of that sexual energy inside us, that highest frequency, most beautiful manifesting energy. And by the way, you know, you were talking in the beginning of, uh, of our time together about this idea of, you know, spicing up a stagnant relationship. I speak all over the world about sex. Uh, it's one of my, one of my specialties and, um, and people always, wherever I go, they always say, okay, so what can I do to spice it up? You know, and I could give you 350 tools, toys, role plays, props, costumes. And within a year, maybe a year and a half, because you do a few of them twice, you'd be bored of those and come back for more. Because what we're really looking for when we say spicing it up is intensity. We're looking for intensity. And quantum sex is really what I have found to be the secret to maintaining and creating that intensity, because you're creating a kind of intense emotional and physical exchange that is so powerful that it's it's beyond spicing it up. It's really a way to sustain the deepest connection and vulnerability and openness and aliveness between the two of you that I have found. I love that you're bringing spirit and energy into lovemaking, into relationships and into sex. And I love that that we are starting to take the taboo away from sex one of the big, the biggest growth area in Mind Valley this year is actually sex and relationships. In terms of the number of authors and teachers that we sign, we're currently producing a program with Leila Martin. She's the number one tantra teacher in the world. So Leila's program, um, I was just in a call with her and she was describing how this program is going to unfold. And it's just so ridiculously exciting. I can't even describe it over here because it's going to get everyone distracted. But, <laughs> but it's, it's so refreshing to see that so many doctors, psychologists, therapists are starting to really embrace sexual energy as a form of healing, as a form of manifesting, as one of the highest expressions of spirituality and not something taboo like in previous, like just 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. And for me, you know, cause sex therapy has been, I'm a couples therapist or love expert first and foremost, but sex therapy is a lot of what you know, people know me as, and that's a lot of what I did with Oprah show and with my television shows. So 
I'm aware of how taboo it's been. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Much, you know, we like, like some of the best programs in Mind Valley right now, uh, that programs which are emerging are programs on sex uh, with yeah. authors like Bibi Brzozowska, Waves of Pleasure, which is on women's um, self pleasure. Uh, Leila Martin, uh, our new program, her new program is on Tantra. Um, but we cannot even advertise those programs because Facebook doesn't allow it, even though this is one of the most healthy practices in the world. Yet you can advertise drugs like Adderall, yes. Modafinil. It's, it's kind of crazy how we have made sex something which is so beautiful and that brings us so close to God, something that is so taboo. Well, anything that brings us close to God and is this empowering and powerful, the system wants to control, you know? And so that's, it's the media, it's the social media, it's the advertising venues that are really um, controlling this. When I was going, you know, I do television all the time about sexuality, get interviewed about it all the time. And almost every single time they will say to me, you know, you can't say the word orgasm on the news. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to say? We're talking, you want me to come on and talk about orgasmic disorder. How am I supposed to do that without saying the word orgasm? Uh, But that's, that's how our, our society is going. And they're also playing to the lowest kind of repressed denominator. So you're right. It's hard. You know, I get censored a, a, a lot, you know, just yeah. because of what I'm talking about. But and I, and, and I really want to I really want to honor you for the value you're giving to the world. Now, now, here's what I mean. If people go to your website, drlauraberman.com forward slash guided dash meditations, I found this thing. And you have all of these beautiful meditations mm-hmm. of people step into the emotions of love, step into sex, the emotion, not step into sex, sorry. Yeah, that um, too. <laughs> step into sexual healing. But one yes. of the things I really, I'm really, I found really interesting about your website is that you have a free masterclass with Teal Swan on healing sexual trauma, because that's something that does afflict a lot of people, right? While we can embrace the joy, the beauty, the godliness of sex, the fact of the matter is, I think the statistic is, is 40% of all women have experienced sexual trauma in the United States. Yeah, that's what the, that's what I would call trauma with a big T. There's also sexual trauma with a little T, you know, mm-hmm. all the times your boundaries weren't respected right. or, you, uh, you know, there's statistics that show that 80 percent of women's first sexual experiences, while not forced, were not exactly wanted exactly. or ended badly. You know, so there's so many degrees, but all of that affects our capacity to really claim our sexuality and enjoy it. And it's such an important yeah. part. Sexual healing is such a huge part of the work. And, I do. and, and so if you go to Laura's website and, and again, guys, Laura didn't ask me to share this. Laura's been super humble, but I just think this is really cool. And I want to make sure you guys uh, know it's there. If you go to Laura's website and you click on programs, you'll see something called sexual healing. And that is a free masterclass that she provides with Teal Swan, which is for anyone who's experienced any kind of sexual trauma or sexual abuse in their life. Now, back to back to your work, what, what would you say is one of the key lessons from quantum, quantum love that you would love to leave us with? That everything you want in love is available to you. And it starts with you. You are calling into your life people, not just lovers and potential partners, but friends, coworkers who are vibrating at the same frequency as you. And that means at the same healing level as you. And here is what I have found is that as the only way you can raise your frequency, and this is what's happening around the world right now, because the earth's frequency has suddenly risen so much, right? And we always match the earth's frequency. The earth doesn't match us. And so for all these really cool reasons we can get into, I'm, I geek out and study them all, our, um, the earth's frequency has risen and we have to rise to meet it automatically because we live on this planet. But the problem is in order for your frequency to really rise, you have to face some things. You have to shed some beliefs. You have to heal some hurts and some traumas and some pain. And so this is one of the coolest things about quantum love is that as you do that work to release those limitations you have about love and those wounds you have about love and you shift and get unstuck. And I teach you a lot in the book about how to do that. Your frequency rises and then the quality of partner that you call into your life is astronomically different because you will always call in someone who is at the same level of healing as you are. So just some backstory, we published Catherine Woodward Thomas's Calling in the One program, mm-hmm. which is a de facto program in the yes, world of summoning your soulmate, right? And that's because there's a lot of interest in that. 
And so in Mind Valley, we see a lot of questions. How do I attract the one? How do I attract my soulmate? And the message we always tell people is don't be in a rush. First, focus on yourself. Because if you're really in a difficult situation right now and you think the soulmate's going to save you, you're going to attract someone who is the you right now. If you if you go really deep in your growth, you're going to be a different person six months from now and nine months from now and one year from now. And imagine who you could call in then. Yes, so, absolutely. Exactly. So the remedy to loneliness, the remedy to, to oh, I need this right person in my life. Uh, and we see this a lot, especially with women who just went through a breakup. They're yeah. trying to find the next partner. The remedy is to chill, focus on yourself, be single yeah. for a while, date. Have sex. Fall in love with yourself. Fall in love with yourself first and don't think that a partner is going to save you. But as you grow, you are going to identify and attract the person who is at that level. So focus on yourself. Absolutely. I always like to say that you have to become your full, already delicious cake. You know, nobody completes you. You are your gorgeous, delicious cake. Someone else is the icing. But when you really fall in love with yourself, claim yourself, accept yourself fully, do the healing work that's standing in the way of you doing that, you will be astounded at the, not just like love relationships, but friends and experiences and partnerships that just start, we're always calling it into our world and into our universe. We just don't realize it, right? We're already creating and manifesting the reality that we have. This is really about getting conscious about what you're manifesting. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Focus on yourself. But while you're doing it, it doesn't mean that you have to stay single. You can date. You can you can have lovers. And there are so many beautiful ways to grow while still getting that sexual connection, getting that intimacy. Yes. And okay, I do so think it's important not to just hop under someone else to get over the last. So you've you appeared on Oprah several times. Why? Why? What do you think is the key idea of yours that so resonates with Oprah? Uh, you know, I, I she never told me, but and I don't know that we had that conversation. I think what it is, is that I'm a science geek at heart. And the way that I talk about sex, it's not taboo. It's a natural, normal yeah. part of a healthy, vibrant life. And so I can, you know, the the producers used to joke with me, like, how is it that you can talk about orgasms as easily as you can talk about the weather, you know, and I can, a lot of that had to do with my upbringing as well. So I think part of it was just my comfort level, my ability to back up what I was saying was science. And I don't know, you know, it's interesting with Oprah because you don't pitch yourself to Oprah ever when you can, but it's not going to work, right? They just, for whatever reason, decide and reach out to you. And that's the way that it, that it's always. So it's interesting what you said. I I was, I'm recently reading a book called the shortest history of Europe, and it's a beautiful book and it summarizes European history into something like 400 pages. And there's a very interesting idea in that book called the difference between naked and nude. And it talks about before the fall of the Roman Empire. So when the Roman Empire fell, it was around four um, mid fifth century. That's Mm -hmm. when the Dark Ages uh, happened, right? But before the fall of the Roman Empire, during what is called the classical period, the nude human body was celebrated. You look at Greek sculptures, Roman sculptures, even gods, they are nude. The human body was beautiful. Uh, The Greeks, the Romans were very free when it came to sex. But then When the Roman Empire fell, this is when um, the church had risen to power. And of course, the church wasn't just the teachings of Jesus Christ, which are beautiful and which I really honor, but also political. And the church had the church had to become political to actually create um, a way to manage the the barbarian invaders who are seeping into the Roman Empire. And they created all of these rules. And one of the rules was that the, the nude human body is sinful. So if you look at medieval art, it so changes from ancient Greek and Roman art. If you look at medieval art of Adam and Eve, they are covering their nakedness. And so we go from nude and beautiful to naked and shameful. And unfortunately, that idea has stayed part of European history until this generation. It's really only now in the 2010s that we are beginning to accept the fact that, hey, look, it's okay to, to show your body. It's okay to pose in the bikini on, on Instagram for the world to see. It's okay to talk about sex. It's okay to have multiple lovers. It's okay to have sex with someone you're not in a relationship. Yes. And, and it's so important for us to understand the historical reason why a lot of this is taboo. 
So knowing that, I want to ask you this question that Lisa Wang posted in the chat. Lisa said, is it okay to have sex with someone you're not in a relationship with? Absolutely. I mean, to me, as far as I'm concerned, and I've been doing this for 30 years and I've thought a lot about what's okay, you know, I've been asked a lot about what's okay, not okay sexually. As long as it's consensual and mm-hmm. doesn't include, you know, children or animals who can't give consent, right? Or anyone else who can't give consent, right. then, you know, the sky's the limit, right? But here's the important thing that I want. I, you know, I think that it's really important that every individual, man, woman, some, you know, non-binary, that you, when you claim your sexual power and you claim your sexual rights, you are claiming your truth and your full power yeah. and your manifesting power. And it's so important. One caveat, though, and this is a little controversial, but it is true that the male and female minds, brains respond differently to sex because of our hormones and our neurochemical, the way they're normal. So when when you have an orgasm, your brain gets washed in oxytocin, men and women. That's the chemical of attachment. It's what breastfeeding mothers release when they're bonding to their babies, right? So your brain gets washed in oxytocin. Now men have a lot more testosterone than women have. So that testosterone kind of counteracts the attachment bonding effects of the oxytocin much more effectively than it does for women. So the problem is when women go out to have casual sex, they set out, oh, he's hot. I don't even care. I, you know, I, I think he's a jerk. Like, I don't even care if he calls me the next day. I just want to, you know, I want to have sex like a guy. I should be able to enjoy myself. And she should. And she has sex and she has great sex. And then she doesn't understand why she's so disappointed the next day when he doesn't ask for her number, you know, because she had a great orgasm with him. And even if she doesn't want to be, there's an oxytocin rush that creates attachment. And then from that becomes a sense of rejection, which then affects her energetic frequency. So I just say that as a caveat, because I wish women could have casual sex in the same way men do without that consequence. (laughs) But if it's good casual sex and you have an orgasm, you're probably going to feel some attachment. You have to work with that. You have to know that that's going to happen as part of the equation, or you have to decide not to do that if you don't want to have that experience, but you have to know that that's part of it. Exactly. But, but that's also very binary, right? So I remember after I got divorced, which was around three years ago, I attended uh, AFEST, which is, which is the, the festival I started I was at a meetup in Lisbon with a bunch of other members of the Mind Valley community. And I sat down with this man and um, he, he asked me, like, what's life after divorce? And I'm like, you know, I really, it's really kind of sucky because I have no idea how to date. I've not been, I, you know, when I was married for 17 years, when I was married, there was no Facebook or YouTube or, yeah. or dating apps. So it, was, it was just a different world that I suddenly stepped into. And I asked him how, how his dating life was. And he goes, yeah. So he said, you know, within our community. So this is actually a, a subset of the Mind Valley community. He says, look, there are many people who are digital nomads and we don't choose to live in one country like myself. I spent some time in Istanbul. I spent some time in Ireland. I spent some time in New York and I have a lover in each of these three cities. So I'm like, what? You have a lover <laughs> in each of these three cities? Isn't that, isn't that off? Isn't that weird? Isn't that wrong? He's like, no. And he explained it to me in a very elegant way. He says, look, it's not binary. It's not you're single or you're in a relationship. He says, me and my lovers, we are so close. We are so vulnerable. We are so authentic with each other. Many of them are people who have also gone through a divorce. They have kids. And when I'm in New York, I'm with my lover in New York and we have the most amazing time. But when I am in Istanbul, I'm with my lover in Istanbul. When I leave Istanbul, she has another guy that she is with. And this, he says, is what we call a lovership. And a lovership is not casual sex. It's not hooking up with someone you meet in a bar, but it's not committing to be with someone forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, because that again is, is, is a, is a archetype that came from Venice 500 years ago uh, as a form of property transfer. And so we need to understand that. So I, I, I'm not a fan of casual sex. I cannot imagine hooking up with someone I just meet. I, because to me, depth of connection is really, really, really important. When I did your quiz, the two things that matter to me are connection and being vulnerable. Yes. So if, I'm not, if I cannot be vulnerable with someone, if I'm not connected to someone, I cannot have sex with them, period, right? It's just not. But at the same time, there's this concept uh, for, for many of you out there. Um, and again, it's not my concept. It came from people from the Mind Valley community that I was sitting down with. And you don't have to see it as a binary thing. If you're no. someone who's a digital nomad, if you're traveling, you can have a soulmate or two or three 
and honor and respect them and be deeply connected to them. As absolutely. And what I like about your story, and assuming it's true, is that each of those women knew that it wasn't, you know, exactly. that we're talking right. about really a polyamorous situation, yeah. right? Um, And so they all bought into this. They all agreed with it. They all signed up for it. It served both of them. And one of them wasn't thinking, well, okay, I'll settle for this now and hope that I'm the one that you just stay with. Exactly. So I'm going to accept this out of my wound and not out of my power. Right. So if both of you are signing up for this out of your, from a place of power and clarity and agreement, then it's gorgeous by no means. I mean, we are not designed for monogamy um, and we didn't evolve. We evolved for what really serial monogamy and there's exactly. you know, archeological and anthropological reasons for that. But lifetime monogamy, as you said, is really a concept that grew out of farming, <laughs> you know, the far and, right. and the church. And when we signed up for monogamy for life, we didn't live well past 50. <laughs> You know, that was old age, right? Now we live hopefully to a hundred. That's the expected, you know, the life expectancy. So monogamy for life for most people is a really long time. And, um, you know, and every relationship is a kind of soulmate. This is the fundamental thing. And it reminds me, I can't remember exactly what you asked as we were starting off, but you were talking about how complicated, you know, relationships can seem. The reason they're so complicated and wrought is because every time we're having a love relationship with someone, whether it's a monogamous one, a polyamorous one, whatever, we are having a relationship with ourselves through that other person. So that's why all of our wounds come up, all of our issues come up. Because that relationship is actually, is, as you know, in addition to being a beautiful, wonderful, soul-filling thing, is a healing thing as well. It's a way for us Absolutely. to experience ourselves. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Now, with that, we come to the end of this podcast. So, Dr. Laura, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for all of you who are listening to the Mind Valley podcast. I will see you on our next episode. If you're interested in exploring the topic of love, consider checking out Catherine Woodward Thomas's programs on Mind Valley. We have two programs by Catherine, Calling in the One, which is on summoning your soulmate, and Conscious Uncoupling, which is really for people who are looking to uncouple or go through a conscious divorce with a relationship that is not working and which you want to transition to friendship without the drama, without the fights. We also have a Tantra program, Tantra Touched by Salma Sadara. And coming in the next six months, we have several new programs on love, dating, and sexuality. So check out Mind Valley membership. And I think it is going to absolutely make your love life explode. And Dr. Laura's website again is drlauraberman.com. Tons of resources there. I've taken you through several. Definitely go check it out. And the book is called Quantum Love. Thank you. And I'll see you in the next episode of the Mind Valley podcast. And this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.